This week, we're talking to the Purple Tiger, Rach McBride. We talk about picking triathlon over genetics counseling, playing the cello, or working in sexual health, why ADD might be good for your triathlon, whether a GPS PR for a 120 half marathon goal counts, or if you have to run it on a certified course, and the self-organized Canadian Pro Championships coming up. And then, in the second half of this episode, we spent a long time talking about why Rach came out as gender non-binary earlier this year, and how it made them feel like they finally didn't feel out of place anymore. An FYI, this means Rach goes by the pronoun they, and so we'll refer to them that way throughout this episode. We have a long talk here about what gender non-binary means. For those who don't know, it's not about biology or genitalia. That's a totally valid but different conversation. Gender non-binary means that socially you don't identify with the gender constraints around either men or women. You're somewhere in the between on the spectrum. We'll include more links and resources in our show notes if you're interested, but I also encourage you to listen to Rach here about what it means to them. And as far as we know, Rage is the only gender non-binary pro in triathlon. It's a longer discussion than we usually have, so we won't be featuring a second guest this week. We'll be diving right into all of this after this break. Even though most of us aren't racing right now, we're all still focused on our overall health and well-being. That's where MitoQ comes in. Like everything else in our body, our mitochondria become less efficient as we age. From the age of 30 on, levels of CoQ10 in the mitochondria can decline by 10% with each passing decade. This means our body's natural resilience also declines, which can impact our training, recovery, immunity, digestion, sleep, stress, hormones, and brain power. This is why a new supplement called MitoQ is becoming increasingly popular among athletes. It helps the body to better absorb intense training periods and recover faster. Some athletes have even noted improved VO2 max, heart rate variability, and lactate thresholds. When you combine those things with not needing as long to recover and being able to maintain more intense training cycles, you can see why it might result in performance gains. To learn more about MitoQ's unique formula, independent clinical trials, and athlete testimonials, visit www.mitoq.com. That's M-I-T-O-Q.com. All right, this week we're talking to Rach McBride, multiple 70.3 champion, multiple course record holder, the Purple Tiger. So I think we have to start with where did the Purple Tiger come from? Oh, gosh. If if I had a nickel for every time someone asked me where Purple Tiger comes from. Um, Yeah, it it is a super fun nickname, and I'm really uh, glad to have such a fun... um, little alias. Uh, the, the tiger part came from when I was a teenager and I, uh, had like tiger striped hair and, uh, this little kid, um, in Germany, I was living in Berlin at the time. And this little kid walked by and he said, cook mal muti and a tiger tante. And which means look mom, a tiger lady. And my, uh, my girlfriend at the time thought this was hilarious and started calling me Tiga Tanta. And I just kept that sort of stuck as a nickname for, um, for a really long time. And then, uh, and then when I've just like always loved purple, I love cats too. Like the whole like cat thing is very, like I feel very like similar to cats and I just love cats and, so there's that sort of connection there. Um, and purple, 
I think when I, the purple came around because it was my favorite color. And then when I, um, became a full-time athlete, I was suddenly back in like, Oh, Hey, I can do whatever I want now. I don't have to like look a certain way. And so I shaved my head back in a mohawk and dyed it purple. Okay. And so when I first like jumped into the sport, I was, uh, I was uh, pretty purple. You're saying purple mohawk like didn't fly in the office is what I'm hearing. Correct. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, had okay. just finished a master's in genetic, genetic counseling. And in the genetic counseling program and as a genetic counselor, you're supposed to be able to like really connect with people who are like in, in a potentially in a lot of stress right. in like a short period of time. And so it's like you know, our, the office or the clinic that I worked in, it was like, you needed to like cover up your tattoos and, uh, right. To make people feel like at ease and exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it can be really alienating for people, especially like from different cultures who like may have judgments or, uh, it be like super out of the norm for somebody to have colored hair. Instead now, I mean, last year you got like a massive tiger tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm really running with this tiger thing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But that had been, I had, that tattoo had been in the works for a very, very long time. And so it was really, really cool for, I think it's now two years that, uh, was it anyway? Yeah. It's, uh, that it finally came to fruition. I mean, yeah, for people who don't know, obviously you have a lot of tattoos. It's a thing. Do you, do they all have meaning? Are they all, or is it like just as oh, you go? Absolutely. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Most of my tattoos came from like a, a several years of thinking and planning and finding the right artist. And um, yeah, so they're all very meaningful for okay. sure. I'm, I'm impressed because I really, really thought about getting like a tiny little one one time for my cat. And yeah. then I did not because I was like, oh, that sounds, I don't like needles. You know, <laughs> it's funny how everybody talks about it as like they're. I, I've just Ooh. never thought of like tattooing as needles, but okay. I guess it's exactly what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you are in Vancouver right now. We were talking kind of before about you know obviously Canada is like sort of a different situation than the U.S. and I mean everyone's in a different situation right now. What is your situation? How are things going? How much training are you getting in? How like locked down is everything? Yeah, so right now, actually, uh, feel I feel like a couple of days ago, we just opened up into like phase three of sport stuff. Oh. So that means that people um, are starting to like teams are starting to like actually be able to practice together and, um, and that sort of thing. I think the number of like, people gathered has probably increased to I haven't I'm I'll be totally honest like I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention because I don't play team sports and I don't really train with other people (laughs) other than like people who are in my bubble so (laughs) um yeah it doesn't really affect affect me all that much um and uh yeah it's been you know I feel like BC has really felt pretty proud of themselves as how they have kind of kept things um at bay and steady um obviously with things opening up uh I uh, guess some like a little bit more like a month ago we had you know an increase in cases but it's not nearly as like per capita what we're seeing in other parts of the world so Right. Other uh, parts of the world. North America. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. 
<laughs> but you guys even did. I saw um, one of the other girls who lives up there, Jenna Nett, did like her own Iron Man this past weekend, COVID Man. And I saw yeah. you like went out and swam, did the swim with her and stuff. And it seemed kind of fun. It seemed like almost sort of like Iron Man Canada. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kudos to her for for doing that. Uh, yeah, Steph and I just went and did the swim with her um, to provide a bit of a draft because she was like, I have only swum, swum two times since March. And we're like, <laughs> all right, you're going to need all the help you can get. <laughs> so we provided some much needed feet for the swim and actually did pretty well. I mean, we swam 106 for that, which I oh, think okay. is like pretty, pretty great for um, for that uh, for her effort. And uh and then, yeah, she went on and did the rest of the day, and Steph and I went for a gravel ride and drove home. So <laughs> we did not do <laughs> Ironman. <laughs> what other challenges are you doing right now? I saw that you, like, I mean, long-term goal, like, want to run a 120 half marathon, which I actually also recently decided is going to be my long-term goal. Because we all have to come up with, like, our own personal goals right now, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah, so yeah. what are your, like, personal challenge things? Yeah, I so I um, set out at the beginning of this season, um, or I guess in the middle of all of this, that I wanted to um, swim 10k open water point to point, okay, or or a loop. I love point to point and loop things. I wanted to um, bike 300 kilometers because I've never biked over I think like 255. So I wanted okay, to hit okay. that like, 300 mark. It's like 180 miles. Right. Yes. <laughs> Convert that. Yeah. Yeah. Six mile swim. Uh, hundred. Uh, what was it? Hundred and eighty. Hundred eighty miles. Um, and then I had earlier this year I'd been hitting the trails a lot when I was running and doing a lot of hiking just to get like out of the population and uh, in like still be able to get outside and be isolated and so. Um, and I have a dream of doing ultra distance trail running. And so I had another goal of running, doing a 30 kilometer trail run, um, which is, uh, I 18. mean, it's still under a marathon, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 18 miles. Wow. You're really good with math in your head. Yeah. <laughs> you like I'm do impressed. a lot of racing in Canada and you go back and forth. And you got to like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and, uh, and yeah, this 120 half marathon. So last year I PB'd a marathon at about at around 123 okay. and I've always wanted to hit that 120 mark. Um, and I just with the little running that I've been doing this year have like start made some, some gains. And so I'm like, all right, Lisa, let's do this. Like, and I'm, this isn't long-term, this is like next month. Oh, uh, okay. I'm going to attempt. Yeah. Here's my question for um, you. Are you going to do an yeah. official or like a GPS PR? Um, highly controversial be... oh really what's an official well i'm saying like gps you know how like an official race course is usually slightly longer oh, than your yeah, gps yeah, yeah. yeah so do gps yeah. prs count as real prs oh interesting i never considered that <laughs> i'm doing i'm planning to do a course that our local um running club uses okay. as their like 21.1 so that makes sense. I think it's I think it's pretty accurate. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm enlisting some support. I've got a couple of folks who some speedy runners and um, another woman who is trying to also would also like to run around 120. So okay. we're gonna all do it together. Are you gonna abandon her if she slows down? Uh, yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. My husband let me know that one time. He was like, "If you go too slow, I'm just leaving you." And I was like, "All right." Yeah. 
I mean, I think to each their own, right? I'm not, I'm running this for myself. This is my attempt. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just hoping like the guys don't, uh, the other guys who are speedy are not going to shit the bed. And Right, true. Uh, so have you been off. doing a lot of these kind of like personal, like how are you getting through all this? Are you, because you haven't actually done any in real life races, right? And I don't think you're planning on doing any soon this year. No, no. no. And I haven't done any of the virtual stuff. I'm really not into, that's not my jam at all. Um, I have, you know, truly I have been doing a lot of exploring. Okay. So I have been, um, you know, my spouse and I went to, uh, the Rockies for a trip and did a bunch of gravel riding out there, which was absolutely incredible. Um, we did another week long trip that went up into Northern BC and rode as far North as Bella Coola, which is like a pretty bucket list thing. Um, it's like a small town, uh, like kind of coast direction, Northern coast of BC. And, um, um, yeah, just like okay. doing a lot of big rides and exploring different I was, things. I was going to ask you later, but we might as well now, like you've been getting more and more into this like gravel riding. I even see sometimes you're referred to as a pro triathlete slash gravel rider. And I was like, oh, I guess, I guess they like switched. Up. <laughs> um, so is that, I mean, when triathlons come back, are you going to go back to triathlon or are you going to keep doing this adventure riding thing? Oh, I will for sure. I still have some like, like things I want to check off in the triathlon world for sure. Um, gravel racing has been a love of mine for the past. I I think I've been racing for like eight years Hmm. doing gravel races, but just local ones. And it's been a dream to hit some of the gravel majors. Um, most of which are in the U S and, uh, like Rebecca's private Idaho and, uh, the steamboat now and like so many other big races that are, um, showing up. And, mm-hmm. um, but you know, these races are like iron, like they, t- the, the longer ones take you from like between seven to 12 hours. And so oh, yeah. it's not like I can just like fit them in as like a fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that I actually have to like plan around my Ironman season. And, uh, and so it's just been really challenging where that's the focus is still in triathlon. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I do see that like the world of, in the world of sport, like gravel riding, gravel racing is just exploding right Mm now. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I love it. It's a really great way to still like keep my bike fitness up, but train more safely outside out of traffic and that kind of thing. And I think that's why it's exploded, right? It's because it's like no car. I mean, fewer cars Yeah, and everyone's going outside right now. And yeah. And it's way more in like the racing scene. It's way more accessible for people who like don't necessarily want to ride in a pack and like are just want to go out. There's, there's like an ability. It's kind of like the Fondos, right. That you can, you can go and you can race and you can go hard or you can just do it for fun with your friends and complete it. And it's still, everybody's in the same race. I was going to say, from what I hear of the front people at the big gravel races, which I'm sure is where you would be, it is not low-key and accessible. It sounds oh, terrifying. No. Yeah. <laughs> it is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're like, all right, all right. You said there are some goals you have left, though, in triathlon, which means we mm-hmm. had to ask, what are they? 
So my goal this year was, um, well, I had the goal to, uh, qualify and compete at Kona again. So I've qualified. And so getting back to Kona is for sure. Um, so you've already qualified for October, 2021 now. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been moved. Yeah. I had qualified for 2020 at Ironman New Zealand, the last Ironman before everything shut down. Right which was just so rad. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then we've just been waiting to figure out when the next Kona is going to happen. Okay. Okay. So you want to do Kona. So Kona. And then, um, at challenge Roth last year, I, um, I, like I, it was my fastest iron distance, uh, race that I'd ever done. And which was really great, but it was like, I mean, I'm a perfectionist and I'm super hard on myself and I did not have the run that I really wanted there and that I had trained for. And I, so I look back at challenge Roth and I'm super disappointed. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the fastest I've ever gone. However, I was like, I went nine Oh six. And to me, it's like, so you want to go under nine. It's so close. I had never even in my life thought I was like that this would be a goal of mine to go under nine, but I'm like, I was so close right. and I had a shit run. So I'm going back to Roth to try and uh, nag that, s- snag that sub nine for sure. Isn't that what people do at Roth? Like you go to Roth, you put up a super crazy time and then yeah. you like drop the mic and walk out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, there's like a whole, I didn't realize this until I think after the race that they have, they have this whole like sub nine club thing or something like they like all the folks who go under nine hours you get like a t-shirt and you want you get ours or some i i or i don't know or like you can you can like sign up to be one of these people who's trying to go on sub nine and so okay there's some extra recognition or something maybe you get like a certificate you like really want that certificate now (laughs) (laughs) piece of favor so you i just want the bragging rights (laughs) Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah. (laughs) So you've been a full-time pro since 2011. But, I mean, I feel like we need to tell people, like, some of your back. I mean, you have, like, a degree in genetics. You were, like, a touring cellist. You, like, still work in, like, sexual health education. Like, you have a lot of stuff going on. Why (laughs) decide to focus on triathlon out of all those things? Well, it was like this series of events that just led me to high performance sport. Okay. So I was um, I was doing my first master's in genetics in um, in Ottawa, and the winters there are freaking freezing. It's like minus forty degrees, which I think is equal in Celsius and Fahrenheit <laughs> at minus forty, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, which is just so cold. And I was, I was miserable and I wasn't really super excited about what I was studying. Mm. And so I felt like something was just off with my life. And my parents were, I grew up with my folks as like casual runners. They would do a bunch of like five K's and 10 K's and my, I would join them for little fun runs. And I raced cross country until I was 15. Um, and so I jumped, I was like, I'm going to run a marathon. Okay. And so all of a sudden I just start in like minus whatever <laughs> in the middle of winter, I start like running to work, um, <laughs> on the frozen canal, uh, and, and start training. And in that September I raced, um, 
the Berlin Marathon and uh, qualified for Boston. And I was like, oh, well, this is a big deal. Like, it's apparently, a, it's kind I of a big some, deal. Yeah. Yeah. My first marathon, and I qualified for Boston. Like, maybe I have a bit of a, a athletic talent. And, um, and so during my training for Boston, I had this running mentor who used to be in like the mid 80s and to late 80s was a part of the national cycling and triathlon team and um, like just missed out on the Olympics kind of thing. And she was like, you know, I think Rach, that you could be an elite triathlete. And I was like, Okay, I've never done a triathlon before. <laughs> You're like, wait, what are the three things? <laughs> <laughs> but like I had swum until I was 11 and um, and I had always been a bike commuter. Um, and so I just took that idea and was like, yeah, I'm going to be an elite triathlete. I'm going to give this a shot. And I just started training hard and and I did my I moved out to Vancouver um, and did my first race and just absolutely loved it. And there had never really been anything in my life um, as an adult that I had like all of a sudden had so much passion for. And it it really just took over my life. Mm. And um, uh, and I excelled at it like as a super competitive person, like my first race, I almost won the race. I was second overall. And so um and then my first Olympic distance race, I was a uh, national age group champion. And then the next year I won amateur world championships. And so it was just super exciting for me to have this thing that I obviously had some talent at and that I absolutely, and I loved. And I think the fact that it was three different sports, like I mm. think I couldn't yeah. have gone into a sport that was just one sport that I was doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, I think the fact that it is three different sports has really kept me interested. Um, I just learned recently, uh, I was just recently diagnosed with ADD and, uh, and so it's all kind of making sense. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work in like a long Ironman? We have to like focus for a really long time. Well, this is the thing is like folks with ADD and I talked to my, my, my best friend, Nathan Killam also, he has ADHD and we've had so many chats about this. And the one of the superpowers that we have is that we can actually like, like I can take a little bit of a tune. And like, I think a lot of other people have this ability to take like a little bit of like a song or something and just like, like scroll it over and over and right. over and over and over in my head. And like, that's how I get through the swim. Like I'm saying, singing like a, like the same tiny little few seconds of a song over and over and over again for the whole swim. Right, right, right. And so the same thing, like for on the bike, you know, it's like, I just have different things that I can like focus on and repeat it. And it helps get into that flow state kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That's kind of that makes sense. I was gonna say, like, you tr obviously tried all these different things. Like, what was it about triathlon that finally stuck? But it sounds like the fact that it was all the different things is what <laughs> helped. Well, yeah, that was one. And to recognize that, like, I actually really enjoy pushing my body, mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed the training. This is the one thing that, like, during COVID, it's it's like my life hasn't changed a whole lot, and. I'm really loving life because I love training and I, I love the process. Like I don't necessarily, I like having racing as goals, but I don't need to have a race to like be motivated um, for the most part to, to train. And, uh, and so recognizing that even like looking back at other things in my life, like 
I have really enjoyed that the like physical sensation of like trying to to push the limits of my of my body. Um, it's just something super satisfying about that that you didn't get playing the cello. No, no. <laughs> I mean, cello, you know, granted, cello was like probably the second most okay. exciting career potential um, because I do have a um, a creative side that likes to come out every now and then. And um, and I loved I loved the cello. That was probably one of the first things that, you know, I started when I was nine. And it was another thing that like I was really good at from mm-hmm. the get go. And I really enjoyed um, doing. And so I was able to like progress that pretty quickly too. Right. I mean, you like, we're pretty, I mean, pretty serious about it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of, it was one of those things of like, I, the cello always, it felt like I would love to make this career out of it, but it felt like, because I also had a draw to the world of science, Mm -hmm. like science seemed more like, serious and respectable and like quote unquote adult. Hmm. Um, and so, um, and I came from, although my family are, they're both, uh, come from a healthcare background. My mom was a nurse, my dad was a doctor, and then both of them went into drug development and research. Um, but, and, but they're both also creative people. Like my dad almost, he got a scholarship to go to university for trumpet and my mom, um, had played piano all, um, through like still plays piano is a wonderful piano player. Um, and so also had this kind of musical side, hmm. but for some reason, the, like the, the whole science side of things just felt like that was the way I was supposed to go. Right. So do you still dabble in that at all? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like every couple of years I'll have a gig and then I'll start practicing ferociously. (laughs) Um, uh, and it is something that I find it's really calming and relaxing. It's probably the closest that I ever come to like flow state. Mm. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's just really fun. Yeah. It's really wonderful. And you also, I mean, obviously we're talking about how you have many, many interests, which I get. It's cool. You still work yeah. as like a sexual health educator too, right? Like, like just like, you know, casually on the side, like yeah. educate people. What is that? One, what does that mean? And two, how do you fit that in with training? Yeah, um, it's, well, I'm super thankful. So I work for a not-for-profit that's really similar to, um, it's basically Planned Parenthood of okay. BC. Um, and so we... Um, it's super flexible in that like I just I can I work anywhere from like two to like a minimum of two times a month um I'm usually working once a week um and so it's easy to fit in on training days and um and it's super flexible in that like if I go if I'm going away like for example I went to New Zealand for six weeks mm-hmm. and I just have a leave of absence and it's totally cool like it's really flexible with the um, with the organization and what I do is basically um, it's more like a, a confidential phone and email service um, that I um, yeah basically answer questions and provide um, referrals for anything to do with sexual health. Hmm. 
what kind of questions? I mean, oh, now we're like going down in the weeds. It isn't about triathlon, but I'm all like, what kind of questions do you get? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, so many, so many questions. Some of the most typical questions are like around contraception. So like I, you know, this scenario happened, like the condom broke or right. I'm on this birth control and I forgot to take my pill. Like what's the chance of pregnancy or what do I do? Um, uh, a lot of stuff around sexually transmitted infections. So, you know, my partner was just diagnosed with herpes. What does that mean? Or I was just diagnosed with herpes, right. like, I, and all of these questions or like, yeah, I'm, I had unprotected sex. Like, how do I, what do I do now? Or right, right, right. Okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and we also get pleasure questions. Mm-hmm. So, um, things to do with, uh, yeah, anywhere from like erectile dysfunction to, um, you know, couples like differences in, in desire and libido and relationships and that sort of thing. So it's a whole gamut of, of questions. It's, it's always yeah. exciting. It's always yeah. exciting. <laughs> it's always exciting. <laughs> so out of all of these different things, when you're done with triathlon, what are you going to do? I mean, I feel like you have so many options. <clears throat> I do. I mean, that's the exciting thing I feel like about my life is <laughs> I have all these options. <laughs> uh, well, the trick is, is that I want to find something, you know, I've gotten this like taste of what it is like to be so passionate about my job that it doesn't feel like work in the world of triathlon. Um, and I've gotten really used to not having to being able to set my own schedule right. to like not be going to the same place every day, not sitting in front of a computer all eight hours a day. And, and I also recognize that like when I go in for a shift at work and I'm sitting in front of the com- computer for seven to eight hours, I am a mess after that day. Like I am just like, this is so crazy how I am this is not a recovery day. <laughs> like, no, you get like injured from sitting for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just like my, I just feel horrible. Like it's really, if I have to do a workout after a work shift, then it's like really a struggle to get out. Um, and so there are now certain things like that I've become accustomed to in the past 10 years that I'm like, well, I'm going to have to have a, find a job that is going to, keep me this entertained. Right. Um, and I'm not going to get bored at, because that's what I find happens is that if I'm like going to the same place all the time, doing the same thing in front of a computer, it's really not my best life. Hmm. Um, so, so it's very unlikely that I will be going into the world of genetics. Okay. Um, I've just like, I'm too far out of the game and, um, and it, I'm just not super passionate about it. Like, like I think I should be, um, to like, to like maintain it as a career. Sexual health is super fun. I, I absolutely love the work that I do. It's really cool. It's really fun. I mean, I get, I joke that I get to talk about sex all day. Right. Sure. Um, it's not that glamorous, you know, we're talking <laughs> like contraception and STIs, but, uh, but it's, it's really rewarding because typically when I like at the end of the day, I feel like I've really helped a lot of people in a very tangible way. Um, it has inspired me to like maybe think about going into nursing, um, because it would be super cool to be like a sexual health or a public, public health nurse. 
and I could take that career anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. Really. And it wouldn't be boring. So there and you it go. wouldn't be boring. I, I don't think so. I mean, maybe <laughs> it could get boring. Um, but that's like going to going to school for yet another degree. And it's like, I have three degrees already. <laughs> you know, do I want to like get another expensive piece of paper that tells me I learned all this stuff? I mean, yeah. I mean, you're going after the sub nine paper. You could also get all these other papers too. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I feel like we should just like talk you through your career choices right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I kind of see myself doing something creative. Um, but, you know, I know now that I've got Steph Corker in my um, uh, in in my grasp, I'm going to say, <laughs> um, she is just I I feel like the, together we're going to find something that like, she's just a, a master at creative ideas and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and finding people jobs. Like that's her, that's her job. That's, that's her thing. That's her job. Yeah. <laughs> and she loves it. Um, and so I, I feel like it's just going to be like an adventure that she's going to help guide me on. And okay. who knows? Who knows. Yeah. I, I, I like see like, whiteboarding and brainstorming in our future yeah 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 absolutely (laughs) how have things been going I mean from the job side of being a pro during this pandemic I know obviously the PTO paid you out some money and they're putting a bunch of money behind some races right now but I don't think you're racing the Canadian championships that they're putting money behind so how I mean how are you kind of like making it all work no, I, I am actually racing. Oh. Um, I'm heading out to Ontario next mm. week. Yep. 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 For the exciting, um, to get slaughtered by, uh, the, our short course superstars. Um, it'll be so interesting. Um, <clears throat> I'm just, I, I'm really bike fit right now. I'm really hoping I'll like be able to catch up to them after I get massacred in the swim. The swim's not important. It's fine. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. They're just like all swim superstars. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I feel super lucky in that at this point in my career, I have kind of established um, myself that I am not really um, like I, I, I have a very minimal lifestyle and I'm like, I don't need a lot of, of like money to, to live my day-to-day life. Um, if I'm not traveling all over the world racing. Right. And so I feel really lucky that I can, that my sponsors have continued to stay by my side and to support me. Um, I've even signed some new contracts and, um, and that, that at least for this year has been, it's been pretty, pretty awesome. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really lucky to not depend, um, significantly on prize money and, and bonuses that we would be getting through racing. And that being said, I am super grateful for the PTO for, um, for that payout. Like it definitely made a huge difference and the, um, you know, Taylor Reed and, um, Jackson Laudry are, have put so much work into this Canadian pro um, championships um, in the past couple of weeks to get it off the ground and the PTO is supporting it. Um, you know, it's an incredible initiative that it'll be fun to like hit a start line. And I also really hope that it builds some momentum to, um, you know, any of the donations that are, that are 
contributed to to this race effort above and beyond what's going into the prize purse is going to be um, given to Canadian other Canadian pros who are not necessarily at the race um, to help support them through the winter um, who may not necessarily be in the same um, position as I am uh, and so you know that's really really cool I didn't realize that the Canadian pro championship thing had been like athlete organized that's cool yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really been the initiative of of Jackson, Taylor, and Cody Beals, um, with the support of the PTO and um, and Barry Shepley and the C three um, endurance group there that they've got going on in Ontario. I feel like we should like clarify things for some people because we like just jumped a whole bunch of stuff. But there's a Canadian right. Pro Championship happening next weekend. It was organized by a bunch of people. All the Canadian pros are going to do it, and the pro triathlete organization has put some money up behind it. There's a pretty big prize purse now, so that's like that's pretty cool. Like that'll be. Do you guys have to go yeah. through COVID protocols? Do you have to get tested before you go? Uh, Probably. I think that well, you know, those of us who are jumping on an airplane to get there, um, they're yeah, I think they're taking temperatures and it's like masks and uh, you know we're all being as safe and socially distanced as possible. Um, at the race, like it's a, so it's an Olympic distance race and it's non-drafting. The swim is going to be a time trial. It's, it's a time trial. There's no drafting. There's the bike, obviously. Um, like there's going to be a time trial, and then like an hour, two hours later, we actually do the bike run. Oh, okay. So it's it's a kind of a weird format. Um, and so like the fastest swimmer will go off and then however many seconds back, like the second fastest swimmer then will go off on the bike. So it's also sort of this time trial start on the bike, no drafting of course. And, uh, and then same with the run. So it'll yeah be a bike run. Okay. So you're doing like the swim as a time trial and then those times determine your start order, et cetera, Correct. for the bike run. That's, that'll be fun. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And there are there will be very few spectators allowed. Like we're able to cordon off the area so we can let whoever like it can be very controlled who is actually there on course. Um and so they're just doing a really great job of like being as safe as possible. Um and uh yeah, it's it's a really well organized um event. Cool. So you do yeah. get to race. See, earlier you said you weren't going to race this year, but you are racing. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I am doing that. Like, oh, that little thing. Yeah. <laughs> and all the ITU people will be tired or whatever, right? Cause... I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> there was something about like they were they're doing some testing in the week leading up to it. So I'm just really hoping that I'll take the edge off a little bit. Okay. Good. Good yeah. plan. Yeah. <laughs> Many of us have heard of supplementing our training with CoQ10 for energy and recovery. Well, MitoQ is a unique form of CoQ10 specially engineered to get inside the mitochondria to help create cellular energy and neutralize free radicals. It helps improve recovery, immunity, digestion, sleep, and stress, all of which will help you train better and be healthier. To learn more about the unique formula of MitoQ, independent clinical trials, and athlete testimonials, visit www.mitoq.com. That's M-I-T-O-Q.com. We also should talk about, I mean, so you earlier this year, I don't know what the word is, like came out as gender, yeah. gender, yeah. non-binary, gender, non-conforming. Um, 
And one, at super at, at 42 to make that change is like kind of interesting, right? And then two, we did a story about it on Triathlete. And you got like a lot of kind of hate, hateful comments, which was shitty. But I also felt like there was a lot of people who just didn't really understand. So I want to hear, let's like talk about the difference between gender yeah. nonconforming, transgender, bisexual, <laughs> intersex, because I feel like people don't totally know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that one of the biggest things um, uh, is to understand the difference between like sex and gender. Mm-hmm. So the world of sport is super binary. It is it is divided on a sex basis. So between males and females. Um, and for, and then on top of sex is the idea of, of gender. So gender, um, is understood to be a social construct that, you know, of course there are, um, um, there are things related to sex and our hormones and behaviors that, are associated with gen with like masculinity, masculinity and femininity. Um, but in, in the grand scheme of things, like we are taught in a lot of ways, what it, what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. And, and that sort of, that's the idea of this gender identity is like, you know, we, uh, uh, someone who is born male identifies as a man, um, like that's their gender identity. I have, um, like ever since I was a really young kid, it's like, you know, I talk about like coming out now and Mm -hmm. making this change, but in reality it has been who I am, have been from the, as long as I can remember, I've always really been gender nonconforming. Um, I have been, um, quite androgynous, like as a kid, uh, and, you know, growing up, like, I don't, I don't know how many times I was asked to, are you a boy or a girl? And, you know, I used to, and it was a weird experience for me. I didn't have the language to say, like, I don't feel like either. Okay. And so because I was born female, I would typically, you know, say, well, I'm a girl, but it just didn't feel right. And, um, it's only really now that I felt like I have discovered the language and the, like, possibility of an an old like another identity um and so it has nothing to do with like you know some of those the comments on the article were like well are are they gonna go and race as a in the male category right. now and uh it has and nothing to do with like biology or genitalia exactly. or anything like that totally right. right totally yeah exactly um and it's like i can still like I can still race in the female category, but I identify as non-binary. I use the pronouns they, them. I don't identify as a woman or a girl. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's really helped like put all these puzzle pieces together of like why I would show up at a start line and just feel really out of place. Like I would just feel like I didn't fit in and I didn't understand why. And it's really you know, this is something that, um, it's like been brewing obviously Mm -hmm. for many decades and especially in the past, um, year or so. And then during COVID it's really, you know, it's really allowed me the space to, to take, to really, to like take this all in and to recognize, no, this is like, it's, this is who I am. And the first time that like my family used my pronouns, they, them, 
like the feeling that I had was like really nothing that I've experienced before in my life. It was just like so affirming and, and it really just feels like, like who I am. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think like for a lot of people, their confusion is, I mean, the whole like biology, sex, genitalia, like that, that's like a separate discussion. That's for another day. This is kind of about the concept of like gender on a spectrum. And most people fall in one end of this one under the other of the spectrum but a lot of people fall in between and yes. more and more now we're kind of i mean especially with young people you see this a lot when i've talked to usa triathlon they're getting a lot of questions from parents about their kids who are like hey i feel like i'm kind of in between i'm somewhere i, I identify somewhere in this middle um and that's hard because right now sport you know we draw a line somewhere and we say everybody on this side of the line one category yeah. everybody on the other side yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so this is, I, I think, yeah, the, the really interesting conversation to start having in the world of sport is like, well, what do we, what is the, what's the best option for folks who are, who are gender nonconforming, mm-hmm. um, who, or who may like alter, like there are folks who just identify in different ways. And then there are folks who actually, you know, do hormone therapy, mm-hmm. Um, to to alter their body chemistry right. to you know make actual physical changes to their body um, that may it it's not necessarily about like a transition from one side of the coin to the other but it's about just creating a body that feels more um, you know akin to who they feel that they are. However, in the world of sport, it's something like, well, then you're going to be either taking testosterone or you're going to, um, if you are uh, born female or if you're born male, you may be taking um, androgen blockers. And so it's a, we know that, of course, um, taking testosterone is something that is not, uh, it's deemed, you know, it's a banned. It's not great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's deemed cheating because we found that there's a performance uh, advantage, and I think that's super valid. And it's like, well, where where does then that person get to compete, or where do they want to compete? And it's like some of those folks may may then are like, well, I'll compete in the male category, and some folks will be like, well, I don't identify as a as male, so that doesn't fit for me either. And it's like, so, so at what point, you know, I think an interesting idea in racing, especially at the amateur level is to include an open category, basically, that would be whoever, like it it could be, it could be someone who identifies as male or someone who identifies as a, a woman or anywhere in between, like anybody can race in this category and it's just an open category kind of thing um or yeah i mean i think i, I think I, you I said some gravel races we were a couple i've tried that right like a well no so what i definitely have been approached by some local race organizers who are like we want to include an, a third category 
like an open category. What do you think about it? Let's have this conversation. So that's been super cool. Mm -hmm. But the gravel race that I was at, that was more, um, so it was still, there was still like a male's race and a female race. Oh, but it was self-identifying. But it was self, it was self-identifying. And also Mm -hmm. it was like, I didn't, I chose which race I wanted to be in on the registration form. I didn't, it, it wasn't, um, assumed based on them asking if I was male or female. It was like, there was a, there was an open category where you could put in your gender. I put in non-binary and then I chose that I was racing in the female race. Um, and, and so basically that allowed me to like, I didn't have to check that like M or F box, which is like something I really don't, don't enjoy doing. It allowed me if I felt uh, seen and recognized um, that I could write in my own um, gender identity. Right. And obviously the thing, I mean, this is like a whole topic. I feel we're not going to get all in, but obviously the whole concern <sighs> is like all these guys are going to choose to race in the women's category and which isn't a real, like, you know, let's like jump that hurdle when we get there. It's not like a problem yet. There's yeah. not like a lot of people making a ton of money in women's sports is my point. <laughs> it's not like an <laughs> <Yeah>. issue. <laughs> like, right. right? Yeah. Well, and it's not happening. Right. And if you look at, um, you know, it's interesting, like, uh, I saw on Instagram recently, I think Chris Mosier posted it, it was like a, a map of the US. And it w- it had a little legend, it was like a little red tag for, um, you know, these are the states in, in which transgender uh, women are dominating in sport. And like the whole country, like, there was no red on the map. Like it's not happening there. And, and this is, this is like the whole, it's a whole paranoia thing of like, Oh, men are going to start racing in the women's category. The, uh, it just doesn't happen. Right. And if it does, if it it does, we'll figure that out. (laughs) Well, and if it does like there, I think, um, I want to say that, Gosh, I was reading recently, maybe it was the Oregon Bike Bike Racing Association that's like super progressive. Um, It's basically, it sounds like right now it is, it's kind of self-policed. So it's like if someone, someone can race in whatever category they want, but if someone, if, if, if like someone who typically has raced in the, in a male category has always identified it as a male all of a sudden jumps in the female race, then, then there's like basically the, between the race organizers and the participants, they can like bring a protest to the, they can have a discussion. Like, do you really identify as female or are you just being a jerk? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. Okay. How is this professional sport is different, Right. right? I think professional sport where there's money involved, like at this point it needs to remain binary and we need to figure out like what, what makes someone male and what makes someone female. Right. And that's obviously categories. Yeah. And that's like the whole discussion that's going on at the Olympic level. Like, where do we draw that line? Well, how do we have to draw the line? And and because it, you know, that's a whole thing. Um, how, once you kind of came out, such a weird word, but once you came out, earlier this year, how has it changed? Has it changed things? How has it changed your training? Has it changed your life? Like what, has anything been different? (laughs) Um, not really. I've just been having more of this conversation (laughs) 
Um, and um, having, you know, one of the things that stopped me from really uh, coming out any sooner was recognizing that I w- was going to have to use a lot of energy to um, to change pronouns and right. to correct people. Um, and that's been the biggest thing. And it's definitely something that I still struggle with. Uh, is how to have those conversations, how to, it took me a lot, initially took me a lot of courage, even with my own friends and family to start correcting people. Um, and, and, you know, now it's like, it just kind of, it's, it started to really heighten uh, my sensitivity to, to that. Um, and yeah, it's just, I'm, st- I'm still sort of struggling with those conversations and, and the energy that that takes. I could see that. It could be kind of exhausting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and it's also, um, to be super uh, honest and vulnerable here, it, it has also um, put me in a place of, of really thinking about my own body and what like how I feel about different parts of my body and, um, and really doing more of a deep dive into like the, the question mark of like, do I want to alter my body? Mm. Is it, is it something that is, um, is important to me and that I would want to take that kind of, of risk to do? Yeah. I mean, that seems like a, a weighty decision to. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm so grateful to have a really awesome therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of time right now to and think a about lot things. Of time yeah. To self-reflect and journal and all of that jazz. <laughs> and I'm just like, I have the most incredibly supportive family. Like my, the, it brought me to tears when I had I forget if it was in an email or a conversation with my parents and they were just like, we're not surprised. We always knew you were different. We've just been waiting for you to figure, to figure it out. And, and it was like to hear that from my own family was a really, really incredible experience. Uh, Cause there are a lot of fears of, of, right of like, I am not my mom's daughter anymore. Like what, you know, what does that mean? And, and for someone who doesn't like, I don't like hurting people and making people feel awkward and uncomfortable. Um, that's part of like the pronoun correction too, is it just, it, it, you know, I don't, I don't like interrupting conversations, but, but also that, um, uh, you know, the, the worry that it was going to somehow affect my relationships with my family who I love very much. Um, and that really hasn't been the case. And if anything, it's just brought us a whole lot closer. Well, that's good. See, it seems like this has been good, right? Overall. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Absolutely. No, it's, it's profound. It's really profound. It's profound for me to finally just have the language of like to feel comfortable in my own skin. And so now it's like when I step up to a start line, I'm not, I don't feel like an imposter. I don't feel like I'm out of place because now I am actually like out and open and, and recognized for, for who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, for what it's worth, I don't feel like everyone else thought you were out of place. So 
<laughs> have you had a lot of support from the triathlon? I mean, what has been the response of the triathlon community, of your sponsors? It feels, oh, you know, like they would be supportive. Yeah, it's been incredible. Like, you know, shortly after the triathlete mag um, uh, article came out, I did a blog post with um, my shoe sponsor, Topo Athletic. Um, Wadi Inc. has been incredibly supportive. They're like my sponsors have really like stepped up to not only like not only are they okay with it, but they're also like help like helping support get the story out right totally yeah totally like not hiding it right Mm -hmm. um and and then on like for me on social media um and in the triathlon community everybody has been incredible like absolutely incredible and the number of messages that i have gotten from people who are just like i either like i'm learning so much thank you Um, I have a child who identifies as non-binary or who, who is trans and this is like making a huge difference or other trans, uh, or, um, non-binary athletes who have reached out to just be like, you know, thank you for your visibility. It, it's really makes a big difference. Are there, Uh, I mean, I can't think of any other non-binary pros. I'm like, I'm thinking right now. No. Not in triathlon, no. yeah, and I don't know in other sports either. I'm I'm on a search right now. Nice. <laughs> so, if there are any other non-binary athletes out there, please get in touch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and turn- I am, I'm definitely like looking for community, and right. this is the thing that's that's been another struggle. Is like, I don't actually, I don't have any other friends who are non-binary. Right. I don't know a whole lot of people, and I definitely don't have never like personally met another athlete who identifies as non another triathlete who's identifies as non-binary. And so um, like, of course on social media, a few have reached out. And and so it's really cool to be following each other now. We do hear about it from some of the younger, like the high school kids, the student athletes, like younger athletes. Um, Obviously I, we hear a lot of trans athletes, but that's almost a different, that's like, Oh, I was born in this body and I identify as the other, you know, like I wasn't, mm-hmm. it's not, which some of them are also non-binary because they were born in one body. That's like getting a little into the language there, but, um, but yeah, yeah you know, I, I'm trying to think if I've heard, it's a, it's an interesting question. I think there's also a whole discussion obviously going on society wide right now about what is, what do all these different definitions mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the, uh, it, feels like there are definitely a lot more conversations happening um and also a lot more like people with who are pushing back mm-hmm. um and who really strongly disagree and it feels like it's there is a bit more of a polar like as much as i think that we're working towards tolerance and acceptance and diversity and inclusion especially in the world of sport um, there's also a, a voice out there that is, um, that's really against a lot of that. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a challenging time. Long arc of history, Rachel. Reach. Yes. It bends towards yes, justice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So as you look forward now, you know, post COVID, well, post, you know, whatever that is, um, what is your plan? What is your, what's happening? Yeah. I mean, I feel like COVID has really put things in perspective of like what's important. Okay. Um, and 
you know, when you're dealing with like life and death or when you're dealing with, uh, uh, you know, potential massive alteration to training or to racing, you know, what, what is it, what is life going to look like? Um, and to me, you know, I still have this passion for triathlon whenever racing is starting back up. I will be there, you know, the next time challenge Roth happens, I will be there. The next time Kona happens, I will be there. Um, and, and I think it's really put a fire under my bum to, to finally get into some of these bigger gravel races and make that a priority. Um, I also, I would love to do, um, an extra, one of the extreme tries mm. like Norseman, Swiss yeah. man, Patagon man, something like that. There's a Canada uh, man, you know. Yeah, Canada man in Quebec. Yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely been on my radar too. So, you know, I feel like at this point, uh, my path hasn't really, my future path hasn't really changed a whole lot. It's just made me a lot more hungry to hit a start line. Okay, all right. Um, well, I feel like usually we end with a "Would you rather," and now I just have so many. Would you? Like, I can't even like pick one. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> All right. So here's my would you post triathlon. Okay. Would you yeah. rather gravel or run or cello or sex health ed or something else completely? Uh, well, right now, if I was to choose anything um, and I had a body that could handle it, I I do have a really strong dream for the ultra distance trail running. Mm. I have this dream of like, of hallucinating <laughs> on the trails. Um, I really want to make that happen. I, I think we can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like pushing my body so hard and pushing through fatigue and everything. So, so hard that, you know, these crazy things kind of happen. And okay. to still like hit the finish line. Like, I don't want to destroy my body. I don't want to die doing this. I no. don't want to cause crazy damage, but just to like be in that possibility of pushing myself and to, to like hit the trails for so to be out in areas where like just to go that distance in the, in the mountains or in the woods or wherever I think is, would be such an incredible experience. I crave that time in okay. the trails. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to see you become like a, one of the 200 mile runner people who's like hallucinating tigers on the trail in the middle of the night. Yeah. 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 Okay. Leopards and hammocks like Courtney DeWalter. Yeah. Exactly. Courtney DeWalter is totally my hero. She's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a good goal for you. Well, thank you yeah. so much for, for joining us and for, you know, what, it's a very deep discussion and I'm sure there's like more, more to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me on. This has been fantastic. Thanks to Rach for the interesting talk and thanks to all of you for sticking with us. Hopefully you take a note from Rach and find what makes you passionate in the world and where you fit. Keep training and keep listening. <laughs>